Take your copy of God's Word, if you will, and go back to the book of 1 Thessalonians. I would encourage you, if you haven't already, maybe to put a, a bookmark there and uh, just kind of keep it there because we're going to be living there uh, probably for the coming months as we study through uh, this little book of 1 Thessalonians. We're calling this series, Keep Looking Up. Keep Looking Up. 1 Thessalonians, and if you would please find chapter 1. I was emailed a quote this past week that really caught my attention. It made me stop and think. I'm sent all kinds of stuff, it seems, but this one really kind of grabbed me and I had to really think about it and it kind of impacted me. I want to share it with you today. In fact, I'll not only read it to you, I'll put it on the screen uh, so you can look at it and process it. Uh, It's from Kevin DeYoung, and Kevin DeYoung said, The man who attempts Christianity without the church, shoots himself in the foot, shoots his children in the leg, and shoots his grandchildren in the heart. I want you to think about that. The man who attempts Christianity without the church, solo, shoots himself in the foot, shoots his children in the leg, and shoots his grandchildren in the heart. If you're like me, you might need to think about that a little bit and process that. As I understand him, he's trying to say this, that ignoring the church, to live the Christian life, to ignore the church, to exclude the church, to not be a part of the church, it hinders you, it handicaps your children, and it kills your grandchildren. In other words, as you go along from generation to generation to generation, things get worse and they get further and further away from God. The church is important. The church is vital. The church is God's plan and God's idea. And I don't just say that because I'm a pastor, because I I, I lead a church. I'm saying it because God's Word teaches this. And we're going to see it as we study some today. We'll see part of that uh, as we outline these verses together. We've somehow gotten the idea that church is optional. But it's not. We need each other. We need the church. And we see a picture of this togetherness here as as we look at this particular book together. Last week we introduced the book to you. We kind of laid out, gave you the history of the church there uh, that's being written to here in 1 Thessalonians. We talked about where they lived. We talked about a lot of things. If you didn't get that foundational study, I would encourage you to go back and listen to the message Uh, You can get it online. Today I want to jump in the letter itself, and I want to show you two things we desperately need. Now, because of time's sake, because we're going to be celebrating the Lord's Supper, we're only going to get to cover the first of the two today. So you've got to come back next week to get the second one. I hope you will. But today we're going to give you one of the two things that we desperately need. And we're just going to begin here by reading the first three verses of uh, chapter 1 of 1 Thessalonians. And we'll spend the bulk of our time today in verse number 1. But 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, begin reading at verse 1, read down through verse 3. Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians, in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers remembering without ceasing your work of faith, labor of love, and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of our God and Father. Now I know that verse 1 there, Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy 
to the church of Thessalonians and God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ looks like it's just kind of a standard greeting. And it is a, a greeting there. It, it's pretty familiar as you look at some of Paul's letters. But if you spend a little more time with verse number 1, it will open up to you some wonderful truths and remind you some wonderful things. If you'll take the time to kind of take that verse, that sentence apart, and begin looking at it. We really have the idea of togetherness here in verse number 1. And this is something we desperately need. We need togetherness. One of the great um, challenges that we had throughout the pandemic time where we could not gather was the fact that we were not together. We were not meeting together uh, and seeing each other and, and spending time together. We would meet online or watch a video or whatever. But without that togetherness, we miss out on so much. And we desperately need the togetherness that the church provides. First here we have the idea of them working together. You notice he mentions three names at the beginning. Paul, Silvanus, as it says here in the New King James, and then Timothy. You would know Silvanus also by the name of Silas. Paul, Silas, and Timothy. Now remember that this letter is written during Paul's second missionary journey. Paul is not traveling alone. Paul is not ministering alone. He's not working alone. We cannot do all that God has called us to do by ourselves. It's important to remember that. We need each other. If we're going to accomplish the ministry task that God gives to us as a church that God has for us, we must work together. Even today, it's taken a whole host of people to prepare for this moment that we're enjoying together, um, worshiping the Lord and singing together and, and hearing the Word of God proclaimed. People work before this service. People are working right now during this service. People work after this service is over. Uh, some are out front, but many of them are working behind the scenes. Every role is important. I think about it. I almost thought, well, I could just kind of walk through. We were talking about all the people involved, but it depends on how far you want to go back. Because you know, many people, we stand on many people's shoulders today. We're meeting here because of faithful generations before us. But just for this service, I think about all the things that take place for a regular service here from Chad and Beth. Uh, reloading the pew racks with care cards and tithe envelopes to those who will take the dirty diapers out of the nursery this afternoon and all the way in between and all the things that will take place. We're working together. And by the way, we appreciate everybody. We're thankful for everybody. And even better, Jesus sees everyone and will reward everyone who truly serves Him. No matter where it is, no matter what you're doing, you're doing it for Him. He sees it and He will reward you if you're truly doing it for Him. Togetherness. We see it here. He mentions Paul and Silvanus and Timothy. We see it in their working together, but we also see it here in their meeting together. Did you notice in verse number 1, the next part says, to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, they didn't have a church building up on a hill like us. They probably met in a home or homes, but they were a church. That word church there literally means called out ones or an assembly. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for our church facilities. I'm grateful for this church building up on a hill. But it's always important to remember that a church is the people not the building. I know we call it church and I have no problem with that and I call it church too, but it's the people that make up the church. We could all get together and say, hey, we're going to go meet somewhere else next Sunday. And guess what? We'd still be Red Hill Baptist Church. 
because it's the people, the body of Christ, that local body of Christ meeting together that's, that's covenanted together and joined together in membership. But notice here, they did meet together. He's addressing the church of the Thessalonians. I guess we could say that meeting together is a requirement to be a true church. I don't know that you can have a church that never meets together. I don't think that's in a church because it's not an assembly. It's not gathering together. There are those who want to kind of move to online churches and just have online churches. And I think online is a wonderful opportunity for those who maybe are in remote areas or, or truly don't have a place to meet or they're homebound or they're sick or they're hindered in some way. But the church is all about gathering together, assembling together in order to carry out the ministry and to worship the Lord together. And it's interesting to notice that they were a local church. Now, every believer is part of the body of Christ or what is called the universal church, as it's called. That is, every believer everywhere are part of the body of Christ or it's been called the universal church. But we're also to be part of a local body of believers. We see both here in this passage in the verse, first verse. Did you notice it? Notice we see both. We see they're in a place, verse 1, they were Thessalonians, the church in Thessalonians. They were in a place, but you notice they were also in a person. It says they were in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We could say there they have a local church and then the universal church is both represented there to the church of the Thessalonians where they were, their, local, their locality, where they lived, and also the universal church, the body of Christ, in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And they met together. And it's important that we meet together. Togetherness here is seen in working together and meeting together and then by their being in the family together. Notice it says they were in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. When we're in the Lord Jesus Christ, we have God as our Heavenly Father. We sang it earlier in the service. I put it in there purposefully today. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. In Christ, we are one. We have unity. We have family bonds. We're going to celebrate that in just a few minutes as we celebrate the Lord's Supper. We're coming together as the body of Christ to remember the literal body of Christ that was broken for us and His blood that was shed for us. And we do that as often as we do until the Lord returns. It reminds us of the death, burial, resurrection, and coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. But being part of a church family means togetherness. And it means mutual ministry. We need one another. The Bible is clear that we're to care for one another, we're to bear one another's burdens, we're to minister to one another. By the way, thank you, Felix. I mean, you really hit where I'm at today as you testified earlier in the service. That is the body of Christ at work, ministering to one another, bearing one of those burdens, helping one another, encouraging one another, exhorting one another, lifting each other up. That is the togetherness that we're talking about because we're in the family of God. And I've watched this play out here over and over again. And that's why I said we desperately need this. We cannot do life on our own and we cannot do the spiritual life, the Christian life especially. We need this togetherness. And they had it here in Thessalonica. They were working together and meeting together. They were in the family together. Why? Because they were brought together. It's interesting here. Look at the end of verse number 1. It says, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. 
How, how do we get together? How are we here today? By God's grace. By God's grace, that's why we're here. God's grace means His unmerited, unearned favor. And the grace of God has brought about the peace of God. Theologically, we could say that grace always precedes peace. It's because of the grace of God in saving us that we have the peace of God in our lives because He's made us right with Him. This is how we get peace with God, by God's grace in saving us. We were lost, we were doomed, we were destined for hell, we were in a miserable dead in our sins, but God's grace came to us and He saved us and He brought about peace with God. And we can have peace one with another. But here in this verse, this is a greeting. It's a prayer, because when you put it back together, Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians, and God the Father and Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you. See how he's expressing a prayer, a wish, a desire? Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So while it's true that experience God's grace and God's peace, here he seems to be desiring and wishing and praying for them to experience God's grace and God's peace. So how can that be? Because they're already saved. Well, you've got to remember, beloved, that there is what we might call saving grace and there is sustaining grace. And also the Bible teaches that we can have peace with God and we get that through salvation. But the Bible also teaches we can have something called the peace of God. And it seems that what Paul is wishing to them and desiring for them here and praying for them is they would experience God's sustaining grace. That God's grace would be evident in their lives. They would grow in God's grace. And also God's peace. That is the peace of God that passes all understanding. And the Lord had brought these believers together. They were a church. They were an assembly of called out ones. And surely part of the reason that He called them together is because they needed that mutual ministry one with another as they ministered to one another, bore one another's burdens, helped one another, lifted up, exhorted, worked together, met together, did life together. They needed each other. They were brought together by the Lord Himself, God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now what about us? What about us? Can I just remind you today that God in His grace he brought us together. It's by God's grace that we're together today. And God had a purpose in bringing us together. God has a purpose for us being a church family. And part of that purpose, beloved, is not only to worship Him and to honor and glorify Him. And you know, our, our, our mission statement, which we hope is clear, we exist to glorify God. That's the primary thing we're to do in all of life, to glorify God. We're to grow in the Lord Jesus Christ. We're to grow in Christ and we're to, to go with the gospel. But, but part of that purpose that God brought us together to grow in Jesus, to grow in the Lord Jesus, is to minister to one another. To be together. It's important that you're a part of the family of God. Church is not optional. Church is vital. It's not just a good idea. It's, God, it's God's idea. We need each other. And can I just say today, thank God, we have one another. I just want to say those words again. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. I've been washed in the fountain, cleansed by the blood, joined heirs with Jesus as we travel this sod. 
for I'm part of the family, the family of God. Let's bow together. Father, I want to thank You today for Your grace and Your mercy and Your love and placing us in this church family together. Lord, we know it's only because of Your grace. Thank You for a loving church family. Thank You for brothers and sisters in Christ who really do love and care for one another. Even when there's times we disagree or we may not see things the same way and, and, and we can work through those things for Your honor and Your glory as You enable us and help us. When we do wrong, we forgive each other. When someone's hurting, we, we weep with them. When someone's rejoicing, we rejoice with them. So we live out life together. Lord, we know that when things come into our lives, there are brothers and sisters in Christ that are praying for us and supporting us and helping to meet our needs. It's, it's such a blessing to see that and to experience that. And so, Lord, I pray that You would help us to truly be a family here. And Lord, help us to reach out to others to bring them into the family and continue to grow this family for Your honor and Your glory. Father, I pray that You would just help us as we move into this time of celebrating the Lord's Supper. I pray, Lord, as we're all bowed and our eyes are closed right now, that You would speak to our hearts if there's anything we need to get right about, if there's anything we need to confess, if there's anything we need to pray, talk with you about, we would do that, that we would have clean hands and a pure heart as we come in a moment and partake of this bread and this juice. So I pray your Holy Spirit right now would speak to our hearts, put his finger on anything that needs made right, and Lord, help us to talk with you about it and get it right. I want to encourage you, Friends, as your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, would you just allow the Lord to deal with your heart? I'm going to be doing the same here. Let's just prepare our hearts as we get ready to celebrate the Lord's Supper. And then after we pray, we'll read some Scripture together and then we'll take of the bread and the juice. But right now, would you just take a moment right where you are and just allow the Lord to speak to your heart and you talk to Him. <clears throat>